0: community podcast. I am Angelo Luciani, along with John Mark Troyer. Hi, John.
1: Hey, Angelo. How's it going?
0: Good, good. On today's podcast, we chat with Brian Sir, a Nutanix technology champion, and Nikita Maheshwari, who is a product marketing manager at Nutanix, about a recently released community edition. Exciting times ahead, exciting times at the launch. It was really great to see all the interest in this product and how eager folks were to download it and take it for a test drive, especially those that were in the early betas of it. Um, Lots of great feedback from those folks. What did did you think, John?
1: Oh, I'm pretty excited. And congratulations on the launch, Angelo. I did think the conversation was interesting. We started off talking about the hardware compatibility list for Community Edition. Uh, We jumped right into the deep end of the pool. I don't think people need to worry about that so much Uh, from what I've seen from the community site and and from talking to folks uh, like our guests. It does run on a lot of different hardware, uh, even old hardware. I know when the mic was off, Brian was saying he he was running it on some sort of uh, five-year-old boxes. So uh, even though we got deep into the HCL right away, I don't think you really need to worry about that if you're interested in trying it out.
0: Yeah, and I know uh, at Dot Next, our user conference on June 8th to 10th, we have a unconference session where we'll be showcasing the community edition for folks, installing it on um, a number of different pieces of hardware. Matt Day and Yoke Piscar have jumped in on that session. And we'll be presenting it. So excited to um, to see that as well. One other point from from the podcast that sort of piqued my interest and, and, you know, I'm hearing a lot about it from folks I speak with is Community Edition is going to give folks an opportunity to help them with their, their certs, whether they're studying for um, uh, NPP. It, it gives them hands-on experience. And that's something that a lot of, of folks around here in the local area have been uh, pinging me about recently recently. Um, they want to play with the software. They, they need to um, try it out in their 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 home labs, office labs, and this will give them that opportunity. So, with that, let's jump right into the interview.
2: Welcome to the Nutanix Next Community Podcast. Today we have two uh, guests: one from the community and one uh, a fellow member of the Nutanix gang. So, I'll let them introduce themselves. Um, Brian, why don't you start, and then uh, Nikita, you uh, follow up. Sure. Hi, my name is uh,
3: Brian. Sir, so I'm a uh... Senior solutions architect uh, for a partner in Chicago named Ahead. I spent a lot of time working on enterprise architecture and uh, over the last, call it 18 months, have uh, really taken an interest in hyper converged uh, infrastructures and uh, led me to, to spend a lot of time with Nutanix. So I'm excited to talk today.
2: And Nikita?
4: Hi, everyone. My name is Nikita Maheshwari. I'm a product marketing manager at Nutanix. Um, I've been at Nutanix for uh, close to two years now and most recently have been focusing on the Community Edition product launch, which we're going to be speaking about today.
2: Yeah, thanks. Thanks both for joining to talk about the the CE Edition. I think there's kind of been um, a lot of pent up uh, excitement around it for various reasons, I think, depending on where you're coming from, either from um, the partner, the community or a regular user of, uh, of Nutanix. So Nikita, why don't you just give us a brief overview of what the Nutanix CE Edition is or what it's, What are some of its goals?
4: Sure. Thanks, Duane. So, you know, Community Edition is a 100% software solution that is the Nutanix stack. And the goal of it is really to let anyone have Nutanix technology and test and try uh, the latest hyperconvergence technology, right? Um, so essentially with Community Edition, users can sign up, download the software version, and experience the same Nutanix technology that really all our customers around the world have been using. Just a few key points about its functionalities as well as limitations. So, it's really feature rich software. So, we wanted to keep the product experience very rich. So, you'll see when you start using the product that the majority of the features for our single site deployment are all part of Community Edition. It has a set of broad hardware it's going to be supporting, right? So, unlike Nutanix, Traditionally, which is sold as an appliance, Community Edition is a software version that you would be running uh, with the hardware of your choosing. And we're going to be putting out some minimum requirements as well as a hardware compatibility list. And, you know, the best part, this is a free product. It's really designed for everyone to try it, partners, technology enthusiasts, end users, everyone in all to try the product and give Nutanix feedback as well as really just be part of the hyperconvergence community.
2: Yeah, that's a great overview. I think um, you mentioned software only, but and maybe even Brian can um, step in and talk about the, the HCL and why, why does Nutanix have an HCL with a pure software version?
4: You know, this is the first time that Nutanix is putting something like this out there. Uh, you know, traditionally, people have liked to purchase our product as an appliance because it's just so simple to use. So really to preserve the uh, user experience, we wanted to put out uh, HCL, but, you know, when, when this is released, you'll see that this is a really uh, loose HCL and there's very uh, few restrictions on it. So we're hoping that because it's so flexible, it'll really let people use a whole spectrum of hardware that they have already in their labs.
2: Brian, you kind of have a unique perspective because you've already had, you know, hands on experience with Nutanix um, in your day to day work. What do you see as kind of barriers um, for the HCL or how, What's your take on it?
3: I like the fact that there is a software-only version because it proves that the Nutanix magic is really software, but a- as a production product, there's an appliance or a hardware-based you know requirement because it gives you a tightly coupled control over the experience in which uh, unfortunately, we don't get a little bit of that out of the deployment and scaling piece in the community. Project, but we don't really need it either. So, I think that lends credence to the approach that Nutanix has taken uh, around appliances. And uh, you know, I'm just really excited to to be able to have one long
2: time in my home, you know, home lab and plan on using it uh, quite a bit. Yeah, I think you know one thing that's different is like there's a requirement around USB keys as far as the the booting piece. Does that allow like you already have home gear? have you in your lab been able to do any dual booting? Maybe like run two environments just with separate hard drives? So I actually uh, boot all my
3: existing VMware hosts via USB sticks already. So that was kind of just a perfect fit for me. I don't do a lot of dual booting, but the, the idea was I could potentially run multiple versions of vSphere if I needed to, like for betas and things like that. And then also as I, uh, eventually have time for other hypervisors the idea was to be able to just you
2: know with the swap of the usb key i can uh you know quickly pivot my hypervisor one of the, you know i think one of the main reasons at least in my mind for you know controlling the hcl is really you know controlling the user experience so you know someone that's touching tenants for the first time hopefully get a great experience and then you know, they can, if they want to put a production workload, they can they can carry on and, and get the paid uh, variety. You know, it's going to probably depend on gear or your, your hardware specs, or it will. Maybe actually tell a bit about your lab and how that kind of relates to the production version.
3: Yeah, so I've got a, I'm kind of a bit of a lab geek like a bunch of other people in the community are, so I've got about 10 servers and a half rack in the basement. Um, it was a bit of oh. a challenge for me because... The majority of my servers are actually AMD-based. They just happen to be the ones I could get a good deal on. Um, Luckily, I did have one that was relatively newer and was Intel-based, in which, you know, an Intel CPU is part of the HCL for for Community Edition right now. So I initially just built a a single-node cluster, which I like the fact that I could just build one node, and I didn't have to, you know, have the three servers. So I think it's a, you know, having dedicated hardware, it is a lower... Bar of entry, just being able to do a single node cluster, um, but it was real easy to deploy. I mean, probably the hardest piece of it for me was uh, was making the USB stick on my Mac. But once I had that, then the the install process was pretty easy, and I had it running. You know, probably ten minutes. I think I was logged into the Prism GUI
2: right after that. The announcement went public. I uh, there was a couple of people already asking me what they what they could do with it as far as you know workloads and you know, we were pretty, I thought we were pretty good stating, you know, only for non-production. Uh, but yeah, it's, I think that's kind of the power of the community because you can't really, there's so many people um, and that's, you know, hopefully the intent that they can, you know, steer the the product into the right places. But there was someone wanting to do replication from a production environment onto uh, a one node Nutanix um, CE edition and, um by all intents and purposes there's really nothing i don't think that'll stop it but definitely the the caveats that, that go with it because um, the, the one node variety is only r f one right <laughs> it's not the the most resilient um, hardware selection i don't think
3: no but uh so i, I i'm pretty excited about it because i don't uh, you know i haven't invested in you know some of those high end home nas devices that some of the other guys have because some of them are multi thousands of dollars by the time you get the appliance and the flash drives and such in them so i've you know previously taken other open source storage (laughs) platforms and built it on a you know an extra server that i had and that it went um you know it went up pretty well and, and performed pretty decent so when community edition came out when i first started hearing about it i was super excited because it could give me the features uh, of the production environment with some pretty good performance, you know it's my home lab, so I back it up, but I'm not really worried about the RF factor. Uh, so it's in that case, it's it's pretty exciting.
0: And Brian, I know you're a Nutanix Technology Champion NTC, and you um, were able to get a, a crack at the the beta early on. Just what's your experience on the? The next community and the exchange with um, with um, Nutanix folks and other community members within that private group has it been a really has it been a good learning uh, experience? Uh, have um, have bugs and, and items like that been been resolved quickly, et cetera, to get this um, this product uh, ready for for the larger community? Yes,
3: yeah, so I would say the you know, <clears throat> the NTC program. I think as a whole, we're kind of building it as we go but and this is maybe the ce project was probably the first big thing that we did in there but yeah the private forum was extremely responsive i mean there was multiple versions put out we had i think product managers there were developers in there and answering questions and the response was pretty fast like uh i think they showed uh for such a community project it seemed like it brought the same passion that the nutanix uh, you know people bring for their production product i was I was pretty impressed with the amount of resources and responsive that uh, was placed on a community product.
2: There is a, a thread going internally about the the new venom uh, bug or uh, vulnerability that was just released. And so that was I know that was brought up in the community um, and one individual is making sure that it, it was patched before, you know, um, that was on their network for too long like there's a pretty lengthy thread on what to do because the, the one click upgrade is still uh, being finalized for uh, the dot next launch. So that wasn't fully uh, part of the, the first round of the beta, but so I think they already pushed a, a patch update to it. So I think that's pretty kind of goes in, in line with what you're saying that we're going to try to to do the best we can from a, a community perspective to keep that updated and safe.
3: Yeah, there were uh I think Nutanix employees and and people that were doing the beta testing, they were, you know, sharing, you know, this is what they used to build their lab. They were sharing some performance statistics. People were asking about different network cards and controller cards, like what are you using? This is what I'm using. And a few times people found, you know, something that didn't work and things that worked great. And it was just a lot of collaboration there and, and what people were doing. And I thought that was pretty good.
4: Yeah, and that's, that's a big piece of the offering too, right? There is no traditional support offered with it. So it's all community supported. So uh, for us, watching the betas and alphas contribute has been phenomenal. I mean, in two months, the amount of feedback we've gotten um, has really helped bring the next stage of the product. I think one of the uh, NTCs was saying he's never been so active on a community forum, right? So it's been, it's been really fun to watch all that happen.
2: I think one of the big things, um it's probably more for partners, but it's also actually, you know, if you're talking to the regular uh, operations guy, um, is around the API. I so, you know, you don't really get to know what you can do with that side of the product unless you have the kit and you're not going to go spend the money just to, you know, do coding. So I think for me, I see lots of opportunity um, on that side of the fence. Um, Brian, do you, do you think you'll take a look at the APIs? Is that kind of in your wheelhouse? I know you have a lot of different things as far as, uh, in your day to day life, what you're looking after though.
3: Yeah. So I don't, I don't get to write code. I really barely know how to do that today, but I do work on a lot of projects where that's some aspect of it. So I, I tend to spend a lot of my time in, you know, dreaming up the code that should be written. Like I'd like this automated and then I get to pass it off to somebody to do that. So, Um, In the work lab, we do have a a Nutanix block, but there's some things like with replication. And granted, we wouldn't be able to do a metro cluster with with the community edition, I'm sure. But there's, you know, multi-node or multi-cluster type of things that we'd like to experiment with. And, uh, you know, we potentially may try, you know, standing up a CE edition and, and do some of those on top of what I would do personally.
2: Yeah, I think the, that's interesting too, having multiple sites, whether it's like a kind of a many to one or maybe A to B to B to C, you can start kind of mocking those up without the, the necessary resources. This is kind of a
1: question uh, for the Nutanix folk, I guess for everybody. I just want to go back a little bit to kind of what some of your goals were in launching Community Edition. And, and you know, I think people need to realize, and they probably have if they've listened this far in this podcast, right, that this is... It's not really a, an open source version. This really isn't uh, to get that sort of community going. You know, the Nutanix uh, platform is pretty special in, in terms of what it can do. You know, you're not sitting there carving out LUNs and, and that sort of thing. So it's to give a chance every, everybody a chance to kick the tires. But I'm just kind of curious, what what are some of your goals in in, in releasing this? And Brian, have you or, or you know, are you, you think you'll be bringing this? You talked about maybe using it for demos. I mean, do you think people will get it when, even on a one node? "Quote unquote cluster uh, after they install it. I mean, is this is it? What are some of the experiences or reactions you've had from people who have tried it out?
3: Yeah, so I think uh, I think people will get it right when you log into Prism. They see immediately how easy and how streamlined Nutanix has made the management of of this type of infrastructure, and the fact that you can open up the API builder, which I think is probably the best one I've ever seen. Um, of how that web interface shows me how to build those API uh, queries or calls or whatever they're called um, for you. So I think you'll really get like 90% of the experience. Granted, you're not going to see the the same hardware view where you'd have multiple nodes in the cluster or be able to do the expand and, and those type of things. But I think it will give people the experience that they're looking for and uh, really shine
1: the light on on how quality of a product they've built. Nutanix folks, I asked about four questions at once, but (laughs) maybe what were some of your goals in in putting this out to the community?
4: Yeah, definitely. So, you know, for us um, at Nutanix, I mean, our most powerful vehicle for getting folks to actually get excited about the product and even for sales has been the Nutanix Prism demo, right? And uh, uh, when people are actually using the product. So the goal was, you know why not make this available to everyone? People see the power of our technology. They can, as soon as you start playing with Prism, you can get a sense for just how easy our product is to use, how easy some of the storage functionalities are, how easy it is to deploy. So let's get the product in the hands of people that may have never uh, previously had access to, you know, a traditional, doing a traditional uh, Nutanix product environment. And, you know, another piece of it is really the the how how many different types of folks we can hit with this product right so you know one is definitely enterprise IT professionals the second is really um, partners and uh, even students and academic researchers, right? So if you look at our partner community, we've gone from hundreds to thousands of partners over the last uh, couple years. And just to keep scaling with our community, this will be a fantastic way for a lot more folks to actually try the product and actually uh, get uh, advanced with the technology, right? Everyone from who's, uh, who's getting Nutanix certifications to learn the product better to everyone from partners who are actually going out and actually talking about our technology, um, and this, to, to, to some extent, this also shows the future of hyperconvergence, right? I mean, uh, as you see more and more players coming to this market, the future of hyperconvergence will really be dependent on the software. I mean, given that Nutanix technology is completely based on software, it's all our IPs and our CBM, we were one of the vendors who could put out a product like this. I mean, folks with proprietary technology would not be able to put out uh, such an offering, right? And so we wanted to leverage that unique advantage that Nutanix has in being a software solution to put a solution like this out there.
0: Uh, yeah, that's a good point, Nikita, you brought up about certification, because I've actually had a few folks um, in the local area here actually ping me and, and, and want to get certified on on Nutanix, but don't have any gear um, to play around with. And, and, you know, with the community edition being released, um, it really sparked their interest. And I said, yeah, now, you know, now I can, I can get my hands um, into uh, some Nutanix technology and, and really help me towards my, my certification. So yeah, that that was a very, that's a really good point to, um, to emphasize.
2: Going, I think Nikita on the partner side, every product out there has an API like Veeam has one, like most of the other backup products, you know, anything, all the orchestration, like every vendor, there's, there's a million different ways to slice it. So it'll be interesting what, Comes out of that. I know, like John mentioned, it's not it's not open source. It's 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 community driven, which is different. But yeah, it's like how do you how do you expand the product without you know giving away the the whole cow?
4: Exactly. And and you also look at you know uh, SaaS products in the market today. They've been able to do this so effectively. I mean, you look at Dropbox, Box. The fact that users can try the product, they like it, and then they take it to the IT folks to actually um, get that you know get that deployed. Wor- Throughout the office, I mean, we actually had that happen even in Nutanix and marketing, right? We were playing around with Box, we were playing around with Dropbox, and then we went to IT and said, you know, here's the vendor we want to go with. So that kind of power that SaaS companies have been able to utilize, I mean, uh, we want to do that with the enterprise, right? And that's what uh, Nutanix CE will hopefully follow the trajectory of.
2: Feature-wise, it's pretty comparable. Like, there's there's replication, you can't do Metro. Um, there's no licensing expiry date, though... I do believe you can't transfer a license from going from community to uh, a starter edition, but it's fairly full fledged in that sense. Uh, those are the top ones that come to mind as far as uh, limitations versus the, the the Nutanix branded version. But
4: yeah, and I think one you know one important limitation to also call out is the scale, right? So a uh, community edition lets you do one, three, or four servers only, um, and that was pretty much the the key piece of community edition that we want really people to test it out and give a a fairly reasonable size environment. And then if you want to go beyond that, that's when you would look at a a typical Nutanix uh, appliance purchase. But other than that, you know, the software features in terms of getting no, no product uh, expiry, all that are completely uh, open.
3: There, you know, there is a, that up to four node limit, but if I build a three node cluster to do some testing or in the home lab, uh, I think it's something like 18 terabytes you can put in each node. So it, you could build a pretty massive uh, small test environment uh, that's far beyond what probably anybody needs uh, for this type of testing in whole lab work. So I, I think while there's a limit, it's a pretty high limit for most people.
1: As I've gone in and, and talked to people about the industry and trends in the industry, I, I sometimes find that people get confused about software-defined storage and scale-out storage. And hyperconverged. If people get their hands uh, on Community Edition and install it on a one-node server, even if it's out of spec, if they get they can get it to run, and they and they open up the Prism interface, I, I mean, Brian, do you think? I mean, one, have, do you, have you found that people get confused about the difference between things that are just scale out storage and then full hyperconverged compute and, and storage together? and does looking at prism and seeing how you uh, really, uh configure this stuff uh, is this a light bulb moment kind of play here
3: so i would say yeah there's definitely a lot of confusion around that i think every customer executive type briefing that i do in my day job around this type of converged infra- infrastructure the first half of that is spent around educating the difference between you know scale out just peer storage plays the kind of the the Converge store, you know, the Converge players that are software only and use reference architectures and then the what I would say the true hyperconverged players. So there's a lot of education on there. It's usually a light bulb moment for people. I think if they get into Prism and they can see, you know, there's a hardware tab and if I had a, a production appliance, this is where I would see them manage it. It may not immediately make that light bulb go on, but as they play with it, I think they'll see those uh, parts are there and it, it'll, it'll make a lot more sense for them.
1: I think for, we had Wes Kennedy on the podcast a a few months ago. I think for him, it was seeing that uh, he was was driving workloads and then he was noticing that there was no traffic uh, going out over the network card. And he was like, wait a minute, why is there no traffic? And he was like, oh, okay, it's because the disks are right here and it's all localized and uh, we update a localization. So sometimes it's a funny thing, you know, one detail or another will finally make the light bulb go off.
0: Yeah, uh, Nikita, uh, for folks that, that are interested in getting a, getting a copy of community edition at this point, what are, what are their next steps? How can they um, sign up for community edition?
4: Sure. So uh, they can go to Nutanix.com slash community edition. And right there, right now we have a wait list. So you can sign up for the wait list. Um, the product won't be available starting um, early June right we're going to be re- starting to release the product on June 8th and we're going to be taking people off the waitlist every week uh, so go ahead and sign up on the waitlist um, the other way is that you know invite codes will start to be distributed at different Nutanix events um, through different Nutanix uh, evangelists and if you get a hold of that invite code you can get immediate access to community edition and these invite codes will also begin, to uh, get distributed around the time of product availability.
0: So so June 8th might be the new December 20 25th then <laughs> for folks getting getting their hands on uh, community edition.
4: Exactly. You got it.
0: Um, and I know for folks that are are attending um .next uh, user conference in Miami June 8th to 10th there is a unconference session around Community Edition, where we will have um, Yop Piscar and Matt Day demoing uh, an installation of Community Edition. Uh, so I i encourage folks, t- you know, to um, when, when the schedule builder is available to sign up for that session. I think you'll you'll hear and see some um, interesting th- things from those two folks.
2: Um, it's hard to keep track, Brian, of where you all write. You have, I think, you have a couple different. Um, um, websites that you kind of write for. And so why don't you, uh, let the community know where we can, uh, kind of track you and, uh, follow what you've been up to on the community edition. Sure. Um, so yeah, I have two blogs that I write myself. Uh,
3: one's virtualizedtips.com, and the other one is a uh, data which is a, a bit of a weird name, but it's a, a new kind of a new project I started last year. That's really focused around, uh, doing like comparison-based articles and in-depth reviews and there's some stuff on there on Nutanix that's uh you know great for somebody who's trying to learn it and I've really uh you know had a lot of fun doing that type of articles and I do some random articles for VMware and Tech Target and I think
2: there's been some other sites so uh if you see me on there I appreciate the the readership awesome well thanks for uh for joining us today thanks Nikita And um, we will see you at .next. Great. Great.
0: Thank you.
4: Thanks for having us.
0: Thanks for listening. Tickets are still available for our .next user conference in Miami for June 8th to 10th. Jump over to Nutanix.com. Register and hope to see you in Miami. Follow Nutanix on Twitter for latest news and announcements. And subscribe to this podcast in iTunes, Stitcher, or SoundCloud. And with that, I'm Angelo Luciani. I'm John Mark Troyer. See you next time.